Welcome back, friends. Bill Creasy here with Friday's episode of Scripture Uncovered. On Wednesday, the Israelites chose a king. They rejected God, and they chose Saul to be their king. Saul, a head taller than everyone else, long flowing hair, right out of central casting. He looked like a king. Why, you would cast him as king in Lord of the Rings. But he didn't have the heart of a king. When they looked for him to anoint him, to elevate him to the kingship, he was hiding among the baggage. Well, not too hopeful for a good king. But every leader, every national leader, once they take position, will have a test, an outside threat that they'll have to deal with. Saul will have to deal with such a threat. I now turn to 1 Samuel chapter 11. Nahash, the Ammonite, went up and besieged Jabesh-Gilead. Nahash, from the Hebrew word meaning serpent, the snake, went up and besieged Jabesh-Gilead. And all the men of Jabesh said to him, Make a treaty with us, we'll be subject to you. But Nahash, the snake of Ammon, replied, I will make a treaty with you only on one condition, that I gouge out the right eye of every one of you and so bring disgrace on all Israel. Now, why would that be a condition? Gouge out the right eye of every man. Because without a right eye, a right-handed man, and most people are right-handed, could not fire a bow. He would draw back with his right hand, but he couldn't see with his right eye. Gouging out the eye, right eye of every man of Jabesh Gilead would in effect neutralize their ability to ever fight back. The elders of Jabesh said to him, Give us seven days so we can send messengers throughout Israel. If no one comes to rescue us, we'll surrender to you. We need to think about this. And we also need to find help. Give us a seven-day cooling-off period. Well, when the messengers came to Gibeah of Saul and reported these terms to the people, they all wept aloud. And just then, Saul was returning from the fields behind his oxen. And he asked, What's going on with all the people? Why are they weeping? Then they repeated to him what the men of Jabesh had said. And when Saul heard their words... The Spirit of God came upon him in power, and he burned with anger. He took a pair of oxen, cut them into pieces, sent the pieces by messengers all throughout Israel, proclaiming, This is what will be done to the oxen of anyone who does not follow Saul and Samuel. Then the terror of the Lord fell on the people. They turned out as one man. And when Saul mustered them at Bezek, the men of Israel numbered 300,000, and the men of Judah, 30,000. Well, it looks like Saul has risen to the occasion here. They told the messengers who had come, Say to the men of Jabesh-Gilead, By the time the sun is hot tomorrow, you'll be delivered. And when the messengers went and reported this to the men of Jabesh, they were elated. We have got 330,000 men coming to your aid. They said to the Ammonites, 
tomorrow will surrender to you. And you can do whatever seems good to you. Do to us whatever seems good. So they replied to the snake of Ammon, we'll surrender tomorrow. Be here. Well, of course, the snake of Ammon and his men are going to walk into a trap. The next day, Saul separated his men into three divisions. During the last watch of the night, they broke the camp, into the camp of the Ammonites and slaughtered them until the heat of the day. Those who surrendered, uh, who survived, were scattered so that no two were left together. That was a great victory. The people then said to Samuel, Who was it that asked, Shall Saul rule over us? Who, who were those men who doubted Saul? Bring them here and we'll put them to death. But Saul said, in a very magnanimous gesture, No one shall be put to death today. For this day the Lord has rescued Israel. Then Samuel said to the people, Let's go to Gilgal and reaffirm the kingship. So Saul has proven himself. Let's reaffirm the kingship. So the people went to Gilgal and confirmed Saul as king in the presence of the Lord. And there they sacrificed fellowship offerings before the Lord, and Saul and all the Israelites held a great celebration. It looks like Saul's going to turn out okay. Samuel said to all Israel, I have listened to everything you said to me, and I have set a king over you. Now you have a king as your leader. As for me, I'm old and gray, and my sons are here with you. I've been your leader from my youth until this day, and here I stand. Testify against me in the presence of the Lord and his anointed. Whose ox have I taken? Whose donkey have I taken? Whom have I cheated? Whom have I oppressed? From whose hand have I accepted a bribe to make me shut my eyes? If I have done any of this, I will make it right. Samuel was a just judge, one of the good guys. The people replied, you've not cheated or oppressed us. You've not taken anything from anyone's hand. Samuel said to them, The Lord is witness against you, and also his anointed is witness this day, that is Saul, that you have not found anything in my hand. I have never taken a bribe. I have never been influenced. I have done what is right on every occasion. He is witness, they said. Then Samuel said to the people, it is the Lord who appointed Moses and Aaron and brought your forefathers up out of Egypt. Now then, stand here because I am going to confront you with evidence before the Lord as to all the righteous acts performed by the Lord for you and your fathers. After Jacob entered Egypt, they cried to the Lord for help. And the Lord sent Moses and Aaron, who brought your forefathers out of Egypt and settled them in this place. But they forgot the Lord their God. So he sold them into the hand of Sisera, the commander of the army of Hatzor, and into the hand of the Philistines, and into the king of Moab, who fought against them. 
They cried out to the Lord, Oh, oy vey, we've sinned, we've forsaken the Lord and served Baal and Ashtoreth. Deliver us from the hand of our enemies and we'll serve you. And then the Lord sent Jeroboam, Barak, Jephthah, Samuel, and he delivered you from the hands of your enemies on every side so that you live securely. But when you saw the snake of Ammon moving against you, you said to me, no, we want a king to rule over us, even though the Lord your God was your king. So now, here is the king that you have chosen, the one you asked for. Look, the Lord has set a king over you. Now, if you fear the Lord and serve and obey him and do not rebel against his commands, and if both you and the king who reigns over you will follow the Lord your God, great. But if you do not obey the Lord, and if you rebel against his commands, his hand will be against you as it was against your fathers. Now then, stand still and see this great thing the Lord is about to do before your eyes. Is it not wheat harvest now? I will call upon the Lord to send thunder and rain, and you will realize what an evil thing you did in the eyes of the Lord when you asked for a king. And Samuel called upon the Lord, and that same day the Lord sent thunder and rain, so all the people stood in awe of the Lord and of Samuel. The people all said to Samuel, Oh, pray to the Lord your God for your servants so we will not die. For we've added to all our other sins the evil of asking for a king. Do not be afraid, Samuel replied. You have indeed done all this evil. Yet do not turn away from the Lord. Serve the Lord with all your heart. Do not turn away after useless idols. They can do you no good, nor can they rescue you because they're useless. For the sake of his great name, the Lord will not reject his people because the Lord was pleased to make you his own. As for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by failing to pray for each of you. And I will teach you the way that is good and right. But be sure to fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart. Consider what great things he has done for you. Yet, if you persist in doing evil, both you and your king will be swept away. Well, that's a dire warning. God is to be Israel's king. The people want another king. So God allows it. They choose Saul. Even, even with God's gifts poured out upon Saul, he still didn't have the character of a king. You made your bed. Now you're going to lie in it. Well, Samuel was 30 years old when he became king. He reigned over Israel 40 years, a generation. Saul chose 3,000 men from Israel. 2,000 were with him at Michmash in the hill country of Bethel, and 1,000 were with Jonathan at Gibeah in Benjamin. The rest of the men he sent back to their homes. 
Jonathan, Saul's son, attacked the Philistine outpost at Geba, and the Philistines heard about it. And then Saul had the trumpet blown throughout the land and said, Let the Hebrews hear. So all Israel heard the news. Saul has attacked the Philistine outpost. And now all Israel has become a stench to the Philistines. And the people were summoned to join Saul at Gilgal. The Philistines assembled to fight Israel with 3,000 chariots, 6,000 charioteers, and soldiers like the sand on the seashore. They went up, they camped at Michmash, east of Beth-Avon. And when the men of Israel saw their situation was critical and that their army was hard-pressed, they hid in caves and thickets among the rocks in pits and cisterns. Some Hebrews even crossed the Jordan to the land of Gad. They got out of Dodge. Saul remained at Gilgal, and all the troops with him were quaking with fear. He waited seven days, the time set by Samuel. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal, and Saul's men began to scatter. So he said, bring me the burnt offering and the fellowship offerings. And Saul offered up the burnt offering. And just as he finished making the offering, Samuel arrived, and Saul went out to greet him. Now pause here for a moment, folks. Only a priest can offer the five great sacrifices, and only at the tabernacle. Samuel, with the priesthood collapsing, Samuel serves both functions as priest and prophet. But Saul, Saul is not a priest, Saul is not a prophet, and Saul is most certainly not Samuel. So he offers the sacrifices. I always illustrate this story in class. If I'm teaching in a Roman Catholic church in the sanctuary up in front of the altar, you know, imagine we're going to have class right after the Sunday evening mass. Well, we all get to class for mass and uh, we wait for the priest. We wait, we wait. He doesn't show up. We're 20 minutes, 20 minutes late. I think I've got to get class going here. I've been to mass every day for decades and I can probably fake it. So I go back, I put the vestments on, I get behind the altar and I start saying mass. And when I elevate the host, in walks the bishop. Can you imagine how much trouble I would be in? Well, that's what Saul just did. Samuel said, what have you done? And Saul replied, when I saw the men were scattering and you didn't come at the set time and the Philistines were assembling a Michmash, I thought, now the Philistines will come down against me at Gilgal. I've not sought the Lord's favor, so I felt compelled to offer the burnt offering. You idiot, Samuel said. You have not kept the command of the Lord your God. If you had you would have established your kingdom over Israel for all time. But now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him leader of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. And Samuel left Gilgal and went up to Gibeah in Benjamin. And Saul counted the men who were with him, only about 600 Oh, Saul is in deep doo-doo. What is going to happen? Well, we shall find out 
in Monday's podcast. Thank you, folks. Good being with you today. Have a good weekend and keep me in your prayers. I'll keep you in mine. And I look forward to being with you on Monday once again. Bye-bye now.